What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Mac and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Mac Rommel. And today we're going to be breaking down the latest in, uh, you know, some big news recently in both the NBA and the NFL regarding some key players. But first, I just want to say before we start here, make sure to go check out our second channel, OTA Clips. We just posted a video there detailing uh, the MLB trade deadline and all the action that occurred there. We did with Max Cousin Rome, House of Ballers, front of the channel. So make sure to go check that out before you watch this. And yeah, today we're going to be talking about two main headlines involving Carson Wentz and then Russell Westbrook. Also, um, for you fans in advance, make sure to stay tuned to OTA Clips. There'll likely be a video out sometime this week. Once the moves kind of all um, wrap up involving the NBA free agency that is set to commence, the day we're filming this Monday uh, tonight in about six or so hours. So it should be very exciting. We'll see where some high, uh, you know, superstar level players, Chris Paul, DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard end up. So we'll be discussing that later on OTA Clips. But today we're going to jump right into the main news. And I feel like the biggest news we have to start with, it's got to be Russell Westbrook being traded to the Lakers. I mean, when I saw this, initially it seemed like it was going to be Buddy Heald, but then I guess that fell through and then it became Russell Westbrook to the Lakers, obviously the deal, uh, Russell Westbrook, and then two future second round picks for Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrezl Harrell, and the 22nd pick in the draft, which was Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky. So, Mac, I'm going to start with you. Obviously, huge deal. Russell Westbrook's been traded a lot recently in, in past years, but obviously the Lakers get their kind of superstar guard that it seems like they needed to complete that big three. What are your thoughts on this trade and the implications that it has on the NBA? Yep, the Lakers right now, it's obvious that they are building around this big three. You have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and now you add Russell Westbrook. Last year, he averaged 22.2 points, 11.7 assists, and 11.5 rebounds per game with Washington. He's a nine-time All-Star. He's not the best from three, and teams can't capitalize by forcing him to shoot from the outside, but... This team, they're ready. They're going to try and win a championship this year. They fell short this past season. They lost to the Suns after they held a 2-1 to lead versus them in the first round of the playoffs. They eventually lost, and that was when you didn't have Anthony Davis. This season, the Lakers, they were plagued by injuries. Everyone was injured at one point. He had LeBron. He had Davis. And this year, you're going to be adding Russell Westbrook. If these three players can stay healthy for the Lakers – they are contenders. They will be contending for an NBA Finals championship. And I do think it's very possible this year. Of course, the Suns surprised everyone. You had the Bucks surprising everyone. It was kind of a weird playoff uh, and really a weird outcome for the entire NBA in the playoffs. But for the Wizards, as you said, they're, they're receiving Caldwell Pope, Montreal Harrow, uh, and Kyle Kuzma. And right now it's obvious they are building around Bradley Beal. They're nice pieces, and they will allow the Wizards to try and compete for a playoff spot this year in the Eastern Conference. Conference, Like I said, you're building around Bradley Beal. And for the Lakers, you're building around those big three, hoping you can make a push for the NBA Finals this season. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just typing something in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, you know super interesting, um, this deal. Obviously, Russell Westbrook is a you know fantastic talent at point guard. He's a guy who, you know, has averaged a triple-double, I believe, four in the last five seasons, which is just incredible. The one downside to this deal that I see for the Lakers is, is something that you mentioned, which is the shooting. He's kind of, you know, not really a great perimeter shooter. And to me, that's what this team could really use. They don't really have guys who are, 
you know, reliable from three point. I mean, Contavious Caldwell Pope, in my eyes, was one of the better three point shooters, um, even though he went through some tough stretches in his, his time as a Laker. Um, he's one of the better three point shooters. And now he's gone. Obviously, Russell Westbrook is a star. Um, you know, he's going to be able to score, rebound, pass, all of that. But three point shooting is definitely something I'm a bit worried about. Obviously, the depth on this team now, they're going to have to go out, make some moves. We've heard them link to DeMar DeRozan, another guy who's a bit of a shaky shooter. But I honestly couldn't see, could expect them uh, to go out and get DeMar on a pay cut in order to really build a super team. Mm-hmm. But that, that said, they, they lost a lot of depth in this deal. Kuzma, who's, you know, really become a meme um, in his time as a Laker at this point. I mean, he's been rumored, you know, I've seen so many things about him going to sh- play in Shanghai um, all over social media at this point that, you know, it was not a shocker to see him in the deal. Montrez Harrell, great talent, guy who uh, was six man of the year candidate or might have even won the award a few years ago with the Clippers. Didn't really play in the playoffs. So I was a bit surprised by that. But obviously, um, you know, they've got impending free agent Drummond. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But obviously the big news, Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. They've got a big three now. Real quick before I flip this back to you, the Wizards side, they're just in a weird rebuild right now. Bradley Beal, obviously, you know, he's like 29, 30 years old. He's still a superstar in this league. He's a fantastic player, but I just don't see them being able to build a team around him um, in his prime at this point. I mean, you just look at the, you know, kind of way they're drafting at this point. I mean, last um, in the draft that just recently happened, by the way, which we won't cover too much, they go out and get Corey Kispert, obviously the forward from Gonzaga, should be a nice piece, but this team just hasn't been able to get those top tier picks really secure that top level of talent. I mean, they could have really used a top five pick this year when you're talking about some of those guys that are going there. Those are guys that could turn your franchise around, but they're kind of just in this weird middle spot where they've got a bunch of solid guys. They got like Bertans. They have, you know, I believe Thomas Bryant might still be there. He's pretty decent. Kuzma, Caldwell Pope, Harrell. I mean, there's just all these kind of pieces, but it's just not a championship team. But Mac, I do want to flip this to you. You did mention that, you know, this was kind of a weird year with injuries for the NBA in the finals. I mean, I don't think I expect to see the Suns yeah. back in the uh, the finals again and whatnot. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on how the Lakers really stack up in the West now? Is this the best team? Is this the team to beat? And in a whole, the NBA, obviously, those Brooklyn Nets are still the favorites. Yep. And, you know, many do believe they'll still win. How do you think they match up against them? And do you think, you know, they can dethrone the Nets as that, that favorite for next year's title? I do think it's very well possible. This season, we did see a similar thing with the Nets. You did have injuries. You did have players who were out at times, like James Harden, who costed them some games. And this is a thing for both teams, that if they had their teams fully healthy, you uh, even mentioned this before, these were your two favorites to go to the NBA Finals. You had Lakers, I believe, and I think you had the Nets as well. Both had the Nets. So the Nets, they are up there right now. You have all these superstar players on offense, and it's very hard for other teams to keep up. But I do think the Lakers right now, they do have the, the ability and possibility to keep throwing the Nets as favorites. Um, you lost to the Suns this year, and I think the Suns are very well up there with some of these teams. Uh, if you keep Chris Paul back, this Suns team is going to be very good once again. I'm not sure how well they're going to perform uh, or if they're going to keep up to how they played this year or if this was just a one-season thing. But if this isn't just a one-season thing, I think the Suns could be in contention with those with uh, those teams, the Lakers, the Nets, very possibly the Bucks are also up there. But I do think the Nets right now, they have the offensive talent and they are just too hard to stop. They've proven it time and time again throughout this season. And I think the Lakers, they are very, very close. But the past few seasons uh, outside of that championship, they've made it far, but they haven't been able to cap it off and capitalize and win the NBA Finals, except for, I believe, the 2020 season. 
the Lakers, they're going to be a very good team. You still have LeBron, great player. You have Anthony Davis, amazing player when healthy, and now Russell Westbrook. But as you said, um, they need a guy who can shoot from perimeter. And if they could go out and get one of those guys, I think it's a very realistic thing that the Lakers could be favored above the Nets this season. Yeah, I think we got to see what happens in free agency, to be honest, and, and, you know, in the coming days. I mean, the Lakers do need to go out and get some more depth. I mean, right now this team, it's just not a, a roster that is deep and those minutes off the bench is not going to be from guys that really are, you know, talented, which is why I like the Nets a little more. I mean, the Nets had a great depth, a great, great depth this year. Um, obviously, some of those guys like Blake Griffin and whatnot, I believe, are going to be free agents. But obviously, you still have that big three. You've still got guys like Nick Claxton, um, who was a great, uh, you know, defender and, and center for them. Um, they've got other pieces as well. Joe Harris, obviously, fantastic shooter. And that's why I kind of tend to think that Brooklyn is should be more favorite, should be favorited. Oh, my God, I can't speak English tonight, <laughs> over the Lakers, just because they're a more complete team. They've got the shooting. And that's what I think will be key. Um, obviously, there will be some more difficult matchups with AD and LeBron. I don't think there's two guys, per se, on the Nets who can necessarily guard them. Um, to the extent that they'll have to. But the same can be said for the Lakers. I mean, you look at Harden, Kyrie, I, I just don't see two guys on the Lakers right now that can guard them um, to the extent. So it's a, a very interesting matchup. Um, I, I really hope we finally get it. I think a lot of people want that in the finals. But obviously, you have to look around the league. Who else would be favored to the championship? Bucks got to be up there. They've got a great big three. It will hurt losing Bobby Portis. They don't really have the money to re-sign him or many of their guys, which is unfortunate. The Suns you mentioned, I don't expect them to be back. I think Chris Paul, they must re-sign him, and he must have a really great year. The one, like, I mean, he had a fantastic season this year. You saw what it took to get them to the finals with him. McCall Bridges might be a free agent. I mean, they're talking about giving him the max. To me, that's just insane. He's just not a max player. The max is at this point in the NBA. It's just, it's just foolish at this point. Some of these guys getting these kind of deals, is, it's ridiculous. But, you know, you look at those two guys, they, they're key parts of the team. You look in the West, I mean, other teams, the Nuggets, if healthy, are pretty good. Um, the Clippers, they need Kawhi back. Will he be healthy? We don't know. Um, who else am I forgetting? The Jazz had a good year. Are they championship ready? I'm not so quite sure. There's a lot of these teams right there. But to me, the Lakers, you got to put them as the favorite in the West because I do think they'll go out and bring in some solid depth. And in terms of the NBA, not ready to put them over the Nets quite yet. We'll have to see what they do in free agency to uh, – to, really truly predict who is the favorite going into the season yep it's gonna be very interesting and as we said ota clips we're going to be breaking down all of the nba deals all the free agency and maybe we'll even change our predictions and our thoughts from the, this episode too then so we'll have oh, wow. to see yep yep for sure stay tuned for that like mac mentioned i think with that we can move on to the other topic of the day the main topic which is carson wentz and his injury for the Colts um, it was just broken a few minutes ago that he will be out for five to 12 weeks. He'll have to undergo surgery. Very wide timeline, I must say. I mean, five weeks is not the end of the world. He's basically ready for the start of the season. But 12, I mean, you're talking three months. He's going to miss the majority of the season. Obviously has implications with the Eagles because if Carson Wentz does miss around 12 weeks, you're not going to be seeing that uh, you know, first-round pick come yep. to uh, come to fruition obviously there's a lot of implications though on the Colts I mean you look at who is the backup really um, I believe it's like Jacob Eason yep. the, the second year quarterback so it's a, a weak depth chart they don't really have NFL level proven guys there so 
So, Mac, what are your thoughts on, you know, the injury? Obviously, Carson Wentz, he, the injury bug strikes again, but really the implications it has on the Colts now that they really don't have a, a true quarterback to lead this team. Yep, and I just want to say this outright and just right out the gate. Um, this isn't because of my disliking of Carson Wentz, but at this point, I think it has, it has to be said that this guy, the injuries he's had, he's only played two full NFL seasons. And I do think it's very realistic in a few years, if this continues, he could be out of the league because of his injuries. It's not, this is not my disliking for Carson Wentz, but it's a, it's a real thing. And if he doesn't turn things around, if he doesn't get healthy, this is something that could happen very, very soon within the next two to three years. But right now, as you said, five to 12 weeks, it's very broad. The season starts in four weeks. He could be back week two, or he could be back week eight or nine. We don't really know, but if he gets a surgery, he could be out for the entire season. So this is going to be very, very interesting. As you said, the Eagles right now, it's not looking so hot like they'll be getting that first round draft pick like they were hoping to uh, receive from the Colts this season if Carson Wentz uh, played a full season and if they made the playoffs. But for the Colts, this is very disheartening. As you said, it's just going to be a mess on offense. You have players T.Y. Hilton. You have Jonathan Taylor. You have a great offensive line. You have so many great pieces on offense that could help you win some games and put up a fight in your division. And right now, it is not looking good. Jacob Eason, uh, he hasn't played since college. Last season was his rookie year. He didn't take any snaps. So you're unsure where you're going to get from him. Sam Ellinger, a rookie. You're unsure where you're going to get from him. It's a really a, – a, there's too many what ifs for this offense in this quarterback position right now. What if Carson Wentz comes back? Will Carson Wentz come back? What will happen if Carson Wentz comes back? And what will happen with these two quarterbacks potentially as the starting quarterback for the Colts this season? Will they be able to perform? I have no questions about their defense. You have great players on that defense, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, all these guys are going to be able to contribute, but you can't win playoff games. You can't make the playoffs if you don't have a quarterback. And I'm going to say this. Last year, Cowboys didn't have a quarterback. You saw what happened to them. Every single year, you see a star starting quarterback go down, and it's the end for their team. It's the end of their season, and you're really just looking forward to the next season. And right now, sadly for the Colts, they've had a, this few, a few too many times in the past few seasons. But it's looking once again like it's going to be a season where you're banking on next season, hoping you're going to have a healthy quarterback uh, to rely on. And right now, the Colts, uh, right now, I do think they're stacked up pretty well in the division. I don't think you're going to beat the Titans, even if you have Carson Wentz. They go out, they get Julio Jones. Their offense is too good. Defense is solid enough to win you a bunch of games and potentially do some damage in the playoffs. Uh, you have the Jaguars and you have the Texans. I think those are two teams that are going to be below the Colts, no matter if you have Carson Wentz or not. So right now, I do think the Colts are still second in the division, regardless of the Carson's, Carson Wentz situation. But we're going to have to see how this develops, and we're going to have to see how long Carson Wentz is out. And if he does return – how healthy is he going to be and how well is he going to be able to play? Yeah, you made a lot of great points. I mean, first thing, I mean, he probably it's, – it's, he's not going to be out for the season. Um, I mean, three months, you're missing a, a great chunk of it. You're going to – if he – three months from now, you're talking the first the preseason month and then two months of the regular season. So about half the season you'll be missing, um, which is, you know, not good at all. But – you know, let's say it is a few weeks at the start of the year. I mean, they have some very tough games. The first three weeks of the season, four weeks we could even do. They play the Seahawks, the Rams, the Titans, and the Dolphins. Those are four playoff caliber teams. So immediately this team is going to be tested, and, and they're going to have to go out and really, I think, have to acquire someone that can get the job done. I don't think you can rely, unless they see something 
really truly remarkable in Jacob Eason. I mean, Sam Ellinger is not going to do anything. He was, you know, mediocre in college. So there's no reason to believe that he will be a stud in uh, Indianapolis. But, you know, Jacob Eason, people really liked him coming out of college. Maybe they see something in him. But to me, you got to have some sort of veteran um, if Wentz is going to miss a, a bit of time. And to me, I don't think they can risk that. I mean, if you're talking eight weeks or one week in the season, it, that's like a huge difference. I mean, that's the problem with this timeline is the five to 12, you're talking seven, eight game difference there in what could be the, the difference. I mean, that is insane. You can't, you can't, it, it's very difficult because one week you're going to say, okay, Jacob Eason, you'll get the start. And then once we'll be back, but it's uh, an eight week absence at, from the start of the season. You can't have Jacob Eason starting half the games in your season. I mean, that's insane. So they're really going to have to figure it out. I, the timeline to me is I don't understand how that could be possible. I mean, it, you normally see timelines of three weeks to see one of around eight weeks to me, uh, an eight week difference. It, it's just insane. I've never seen something like that, to be honest. So it'll be really interesting. The Colts, I mean, what they're going to have to rely on is their run game. And that's kind of what led them really to the playoffs last year in my eyes was those running backs. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, the main lead back, as well as Naheem Hines is there. They have a few other guys I believe they rotate in and whatnot. But those are the main two guys, and they're really going to be needed. And, I mean, you look at that offensive line, obviously the run game is the strong suit of this offense. So, look, is Jonathan Taylor could potentially be, you know, looking at a breakout season now. I mean, even more if Wentz misses around half the season, we could be looking at a monumental fantasy season from Jonathan Taylor at the start of the year just because of the amount of volume he'll be seeing um and whatnot so it'll be really interesting to see the fantasy implications but like you said i mean titans look good to me they still have some holes though so i think it really depends on how long Wentz misses if he misses near half the season and they don't roll out with you know a, a at least um you know competent plan or, or someone who is proven i i give it the division of the titans but otherwise i mean if he if Wentz misses a week to me i still like the colts over the titans just because i think the colts all around are one of the stronger teams in the league in terms of depth and strength at each position. Oh, Griffin, Griffin. I don't know if I could agree with that. You're talking about a guy in 12 15 <laughs> freaking interceptions. Uh, well, uh, you look at the difference in offensive line, though. I mean, look at look at when Wentz has been very good in his MVP season. You look at that O-line. You look at guys like Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Brennan Brooks. These are you know guys in those seasons who are having all pro, pro bowl-type seasons. You look at his line now in Indianapolis, Quentin Nelson, arguably the best guard in the league. You've got, um, you know, great tackles. You've got, um, I believe Braden Smith is there. He just signed an extension. That's one of your tackles. Center, I forget his name, but he's, I know they have a good center as well. So it's going to be a good O-line, similar to the one he had in Philly. You look at the weapons last year too. I mean, he's talking about really bums. And you look at now, you got Jonathan Taylor, pretty good running back. You got Pittman, T.Y. Hilton. Definitely guys there, good tight end group. I think once could have an improved season. I think that O-line will be key. Just needs more time. I agree. I don't think Carson Wentz is a top quarterback in the league. That said, I mean, look at the Titans. They, they Defensively, it's not great. Yep, I know defensively they may have their struggles, but offensively I think it's too hard to stop. I mean, looking at – It's teams, a very good offensive team, yes. It's arguably – it has a chance to be top three. You know, he could even climb that list as the season goes on. But you got Derrick Henry, Julio Jones. You have 
A.J. Brown, all these guys. I think that's two top ten receivers right there, including one of them being top five. You have arguably the best running back in the league. I think he's the best in my own opinion. Solid offensive line, Ryan Tannehill. He's proven he's a much better quarterback um, since he's left the Miami Dolphins. You're not worried about injuries. And I think that Julio Jones trade just makes his team uh, so much better. Play action is going to be filthy. You don't know what you're getting. No matter who you go and decide to guard, it's really game over from there. You, you choose to commit to the run, Julio Jones or A.J. Brown is going to catch one deep. You commit to the pass, Derek Henry is going to go stiff arm Josh Norman another 10 yards. <laughs> like you, you don't know what you're getting uh, from the offense. They did lose a lot of guys, though, too. You have to remember. I mean, Johnny Smith was a big red zone target in that offense. Corey Davis had a very big season. Obviously, Julio, much better talent than Corey Davis. But that says Julio has had injury problems. And that depth chart in terms of wide receiver in Tennessee is not so great anymore as it was in the past. I believe Adam Humphreys might have left as well. There's, you know, it's not as, as strong of a depth chart. So I'm a bit worried about, you know, if Julio does go down, which I don't think he's going to play 17. It's 17 game season now. So 17 games. I don't, I don't think he's going to be playing 17 games, to be honest. We'll see what happens. But yeah. I, I don't know. It's a little shaky. And you lose some guys on defense. You lose Clowney, Adoree Jackson. Obviously, you do have Bud Dupree. But there's still question marks. Caleb Farley is going to be a key there, though. If he can play well, that could really change that defense um, because they need him to. That cornerback position is a weak spot there. Caleb Farley could really help fill that spot. Yeah, after missing and uh, losing Dory Jackson to the Giants, Caleb Farley is a big piece of guy. Um, I know a lot of people kind of forgot about him, including myself, since the draft, the guy that was expected to go top 10 uh, and was arguably the number one corner in this draft until it came out. He's having these surgeries. He's having all these problems medically. And it's something that everyone was kind of worried about coming in through college. But approaching the draft, uh, it became more evident and more worrisome for fans, for teams, obviously. And he fell to the Titans uh, in the 20s of this draft. But he's a guy that he performs well. He is going to get you a lot of interceptions. He just became a cornerback, and he's proven he is a monster. He had, I believe, three his or three or five. I can't really remember his last season um, in college. So he's going to be a guy you're going to have to rely on in defense. And a lot of these guys, smaller names, you don't really have the big names, as you said, like Clowney, Adore Jackson. Um, but you do get Bud Dupree, a guy who was injured last season. But prior to that, He's a guy that's been known as one of the best edge rushers in the league. So if he could come back and return fully healthy from this injury, this defense, I think, could be on the same pace as they were last year. I think Bud Dupree, he plays well. You're going to get better production uh, than you had from Clowney last season. Adore Jackson, he's a great player. It's really just too many question marks with Caleb Farley to determine right now if he'll be better or not. But this defense, I do think they did a good job at trying to refill these positions. There are a lot of question marks because of the injuries, but – if it pans out, this defense could be improved from last season, but they also could be worse. So I think the Titans, they're in a very good spot this season to prove a lot of people and go far in the playoffs. But the question marks could worry some like you uh, for the first couple of weeks until they prove themselves. Be very interesting to see what happens with Tennessee. Caleb Farley, I believe, was removed off the PUP list today. So he's actually been, you know, making huge strides in terms of being back on the field, which is great to see. But yeah, it'll be very interesting with Tennessee. I mean, I think they'll be a playoff team, no doubt. Just, I mean, you look at that big three in the AFC that we've talked about and in the Ravens, too, who beat them in the playoffs. I don't know if they're quite better than those teams. So if, are they a championship team? I don't know quite yet. I think there's some great teams in the AFC that make it very hard. Can they win this division? Absolutely. And I think the Carson Wentz injury definitely will help them with that. So it'll be very interesting to see. 
I think that kind of wraps up the Carson Wentz stuff. Is there anything else in the NFL that you wanted to touch on or, or talk about, or is that kind of it? Hmm. Let me get a few seconds to think about this. <laughs> um, shoot. I think it's been a pretty dry week. I mean, training camp for every team has kind of started. We're seeing some big plays out of a lot of young guys from last year, especially my boy, C.D. Lamb. You know I was going to bring it up. You see the catches he's making. I don't want to hear any bullshit about the Cowboys defense being <laughs> warm already. They're making plays, too, and I think this is the first season where in training camp we're actually seeing battles. I think the team's been getting at least like three picks a day, something we haven't really been seeing um in training camp in the previous season so a lot of look forward to for the cowboys i know for your jets zach wilson finally signed he's showing up finally signed that 80 yard bomb the other day in in practice that was just filthy jets a lot to look forward to elijah moore's looking like a beast as well yeah michael carter there a young offense that the jets are hoping to turn things around and hoping that they could build around these players these young players from this draft very interesting situation in in New York. We'll make sure to keep talking about that. And just as a future, um, you know, thing for future episodes, we're kind of unsure of what the plan is. We're going to be given a more direct thing, but there will be some changes. We will see some new people on the show. So just stay tuned. Everything, um, you know, we're all figuring it out. Um, so, you know, we will be covering a lot of fantasy football, regardless of who is on here and who is on. Um, we'll be talking a lot of fantasy football and, you know, as well as continuing to do weekly NFL predictions. Um, so stay tuned for that. That'll always, that will be here throughout the whole NFL season. Lots to come up with about a, a month from now, the, uh, the NFL season will kick off. We covering baseball in the playoffs, a little bit more NBA free agency, like we said on OT Eclipse, lots to be excited about in sports. The best is, is, uh, you know, it's, com- it's coming. Summer is sometimes a dry period, but, it feels like it's it's done pretty well, and you know it's exciting to see uh, what has happened. NFL one month away, pretty crazy. Doesn't feel too long ago since it ended. It's crazy. I'm excited for it, and yeah, as Griffin said, there will be new faces on this channel. A lot of things that will be changing, and I'm sure me and Griffin will probably uh, do something in depth in one of the episodes either this weekend or next week, and we're gonna figure this out and let you all know what the deal is. But as always, thank you all so, so much for watching this episode of Outside the Arena. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, not only on this channel, but our other channel, OTA Clips. As Griffin said, we're going to be doing some NBA free energy um, recap uh, later this week, I believe, probably on Friday, Thursday, something like that. We're going to figure it out, but make sure to go subscribe to us there. Turn notifications on so you get up to date. You're up to date when we post new videos. Make sure to also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's also outside the arena on there. In case you can't watch these episodes, you can't pull the video up on YouTube. That'll be the best place to watch if you're in the car, whatever it may be. And then also, if you guys want to come on OTA Clips, if you want to talk with us, if you want to talk on OTA Clips, reach out to us on Instagram. That would be the best place to do so. My Instagram is Mac.Rommel. Griffin's Instagram is Griffin Senek. There goes the Wi-Fi. (laughs) The Wi-Fi went out. Wi-Fi. Yeah, there we go. My Instagram is Griffin Senek. Sorry about that. Some Wi-Fi issues here and there. <laughs> and our podcast Instagram is outside the arena podcast. So as I said, feel free to reach out to us there. We'll do our best and make sure we answer you guys. As always, stay safe and we'll see you all next week on Outside the Arena.